The following program is brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations, and the views and opinions may not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this station. Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, Uber loses a big chunk of cash, Betty Buckley will be dolly on the road, and the airlines are trying to change every rule that is even slightly in your favor. Details coming up. And if you are a mother traveling with little ones, our guest at 320 is just for you. Summer Hull from MommyPoints.com returns after a long absence. We are going to have Summer on more often because she is just a joy to talk to. At 335, we're taking you on a trip on the Coca-Cola Trail with a stop in Placerville, of all places. And at 350, we tell you about a plan that will get you home at the end of your travels, even if you don't survive the trip. Yes, a company that will bring your body home if you die along the way. It's Sunday at 3 p.m. Tom Romano is away. Gwen Duncan is here. Welcome to the Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Welcome to the Travel Guys, the show with the longest introductory music in the history of radio. Anyways, that's kind of fun. Tom put that together. Uh, welcome to the Travel Guys. I am Mark Hoffman. Today, we are really the co-ed travel people as opposed to travel guys because Gwen Duncan from Cordially Yours Travel has, is joining me here in the booth. Good afternoon, Ms. Duncan. Good afternoon, Mark. It's nice to have you here. We are going to talk a little bit about family travel and traveling with children today. And Gwen is going to share some of her expertise a little bit later on in the program. Of course, everybody is uh, all talking around the newsroom here about the carnival ship with all the people who got thrown off in Australia. Um, Various news agencies are calling it a blood, blood. If you didn't hear, a bunch of passengers on a carnival ship... Uh, have gotten booted off after uh, what has been described as a bloodbath of a brawl. Nine members of the same family were taken off the ship. Fourteen other members went with them. Uh, I'm sure we're going to get a lot more details of this. There is actually already some video um, up online, so you can go and look at that. And while you're there, you can um, see the story about fight over man's flatulence forces flight to make emergency landing. So there you go, folks. Um, the travel news today is all over the place. I have now given you the two biggest headlines, so maybe we can find something else to talk about here for a couple of minutes. Oh, yes. People getting thrown off of cruise ships and all kinds of things. The travel news here that we do for you every day on the top of the at, every week at the top of the travel guys. I mentioned uh, at the top of the broadcast in the headlines that um, the airlines are coming after just about every consumer protection that has been granted us over the last a dozen years. It seems as though someone has asked at the Department of Transportation has asked. The airlines, well, you know, folks, if you could have it in a perfect world, 
What would you like? And some of the things that they have asked for include getting rid of the free 24-hour cancellation uh, policy that you that you can now buy an airline ticket and for 24 hours you can say, oops, wait a minute, I made a mistake, I changed my mind. Uh, the airlines would like to see that go away. Of course, they don't like the fact that they have to advertise the full price of the ticket. They would like to be able to advertise just what their fare is and separate all the fees and taxes out and send and give you a very misleading airfare. There is a long list here of things that they would like to get rid of. And so I say to you, as a consumer, it is a, it is time to pay attention. You definitely want to be paying attention because at some point in time here, if the airlines get their ways, uh, some of the things that we take for granted in, in terms of things that protect us as consumers are likely to go away. We will stay on it and uh, give you an update as time goes by. But if you are a a cons- if you are an advocate, advocate sort of person, um, you could go to Elliot.org and sign up for Chris's uh, daily update. And by golly, you would, then you will know when something happens in that area. All right. Well, we talked about flatulence and people uh, creating a <laughs> bloodbath of a brawl on a cruise line here when we started. Um, here's a story about a naked passenger causes a flight to turn back. Um, this is an Alaskan Airlines flight that was diverted uh, last Wednesday. Because a man, and this was from Anchorage to Seattle, it was diverted back to Anchorage. He went into the restroom and took all of his clothes off. Now, it doesn't say that he was naked when he went into the restroom or whether he got naked when he was in the restroom. And then how would they know if he was in the restroom with the door locked that he was in there naked unless he was taking selfies and sending them out to people or something? I don't know, but um, I'm not sure exactly how that how that works it's not clear what the deal was with this passenger or why he was naked and here we are a week and a half later and we still don't know who he was or why he was naked um but i'm just going to tell you if you can't wear your clothes if you've got gas or it's a lot of people who are traveling are just not nice people here last couple weeks all right here's a note from here's a note gwen from the new york times travel show that says they had their biggest crowd ever this year so you as a as a travel agent, um, I, I would say that's an indicator that interest in travel is not waning. That's the largest travel show in the country. Absolutely. My office has been extremely busy. And while it's on the other side of the country, um, they had 32,000 people, 10,000 people there on Travel Trade Day, which was the largest crowd ever. That's all of the people like you, Gwen, and yes. like me, Mark, yes. who was walking around trying to get interviews, and folks like you who are trying to beat the 22,000 consumers that attended the following day. All I'm going to tell you is that there were 10,000 people on the floor, uh, a lot of those on the floor probably about 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon on the uh, uh, travel trade day and media day. And I I can't even imagine twice as many people the next day. They really need at the Javits Center there a a bigger space. Let's see here. They had some awards. uh, Best in show Turkish Airlines. Best new exhibitor, Hostel World, which is kind of fun since we had them on for an interview. Uh, best new exhibitor. Uh, best most interactive, Korean tourism organization. People's Choice, Puerto Rico uh, tourism company. Most imaginative, uh, something called Camp Cody. Don't know, that could have been maybe part of the uh, family exhibit. But anyway, biggest trade show, biggest travel show in the country drew over 30,000 people. Wow. Uber, their loss jumped 61%. They lost 
<clears throat> last year, Gwen, four and a half billion dollars. I wonder how much Lyft has taken away from them. I, that's a good question. Because I don't Uber know that, has gotten a pretty bad reputation in some areas. And neither one of these are publicly traded companies, so we're not. It, it only the only way we will know yeah. is if they tell us. Um, they lost four and a half billion this year, up from two point eight billion in two thousand and six. Uh, so how is all of that? Where is all that money coming from? Investors, I guess, who continue to pile in, hoping someday when it becomes a public company that there will be a payoff. But as you mentioned, yes, um, Lyft seems to have cut into their yes. revenue a little bit because when you have a CEO that can't behave himself, and uh, do you use rideshare companies? I have. Okay. I have. I've used actually. I've used Uber, and I've got on my my machine the Lyft, but I've never used it. Okay. But it's not getting the negative press. Yeah, no, it it, it is not. Um, from San Francisco, from SHN, who are the people who put on shows in San Francisco, comes the announcement of the seven Broadway musicals that will make up their 2018-2019 season. Miss Saigon, A Bronx Tale, which is a story, obviously, about New York, which has gotten great reviews on Broadway. Come From Away, which is a story about the people landing in Gander on 9-11 in Newfoundland, which is absolutely one of the best shows that you will ever see. Um, Hello, Dolly is coming uh, to San Francisco, Falsettos, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and Anastasia, <laughs> plus um, Hamilton is coming back to San Francisco. And with the announcement that Hello, Dolly is coming to San Francisco, Bet Betty Buckley is going to lead the national tour of Hello, Dolly. So uh, Bette Midler has been doing it on Broadway, and uh, Bet Patty Lapone is taking over, Bet Bet. Betty Buckley is going to do the national tour, which is coming to San Francisco as part of their theater program. So uh, if you are a sports leisure traveler, uh, we go to every theater, every major show in San Francisco. It's a great way to go to the theater. You don't have to worry about driving or tolls or traffic or anything like that, because getting to San Francisco on the highway now is kind of a challenge just about uh, any time of the day, any day of the week, unless you're going in the middle of the night. Okay, we need to take a break and come back. Summer Hall from Mommy Points is going to join us in an interview that Tom and I taped earlier in the week. Tom is away today. Gwen Duncan is joining me. I'm Mark Hoffman. We are the Travel Guys. In my mind, I'm gone to Carolina. Welcome, everyone. This is the Travel Guys. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano on the radio every Sunday from 3 to 4 o'clock, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. And it's uh, time to bring back one of our favorite guests who hasn't been, hasn't joined us for quite some time. Mark, uh, introduce who we have on the line today. Well, she would be known to the bloggers in the world as Mommy Points. We met a number of years ago at one of the frequent flyer gatherings. Summer Hall is our is our guest, and I have asked her to join us on the Travel Guys so we can talk a little bit about family travel. Welcome back, Summer. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be the travel girl for the day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're, we are happy to have you. When we, we last talked, you had one little one. Now you have two little ones. And, um, yes, I can't it believe strikes, it's been that long, but yes. We were talking a little bit before the interview started here, and, and when I fly on a plane, obviously I'm not traveling with small children. When little ones are on a plane, it's not always their favorite place. Infants, small kids, 
Um, I'd love yeah. to know, Summer, how are you handling this two-child traveling thing with an infant? What tips would you have for people who are out there listening who might be traveling with a child? And what tips might you have for those of us who are travelers when it comes to interacting with you, if that's not too broad of a range to cover? No, that's good. Um, so I had been flying with my first daughter for five years by the time we had our second, um, which has been two years now, so two and a half years, actually, since she was born. Um, but I was still nervous at first because we didn't fly with my first daughter until she was one. Uh, and my second daughter, we had an international flight booked when she was just a little over two months old. And so flying with a brand new baby really was a whole new ball game for me. Um, but we treated it just sort of like we had when my first daughter was a toddler. We made sure that she had enough rest going into it, that she wasn't hungry, that she wasn't too hot, too cold. Um, she didn't really need activities when she was two or three months old, other than just nursing the whole time. But um, but we just went into it that she was like as good to go as possible. And then my whole job on that plane was just to make sure she was content. And, you know, thankfully, when she's that little, there's a lot of sleeping and there's a lot of nursing and a little bit of looking around. And so those early flights were, were really easy. Well, I see families often have more problems is when the kids are not going into the flight well-rested. They've picked, you know, an early departure that meant an early wake-up or a late departure, and they're just crossing fingers the kid's going to fall asleep, but it doesn't always happen. Um, so my advice is just go into the flight well-rested, well-fed, and just be ready to spend every minute on that plane keeping the baby or the toddler happy. And toddler is actually where it gets much harder than infant. <laughs> Summer, uh, you mentioned nursing. You know, that become be, has become somewhat of, a, of an issue in, uh, let's say, airport waiting areas. There's been stuff on the news and such. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, how, how do you handle that and what recommendations of handling that do you have for our uh, mothers that might be listening? Yeah, so it, it's definitely a hot-button thing that's hit the news a few times. Um, but like with anything else, you're hearing when things go wrong, and 99% of the time, things go just fine. I mean, I never personally, on an airport, an airplane, or just anywhere in life, had anybody ever approach me or give me an evil look nursing my babies. So most of the times, you're going to be fine. I personally like to use a nursing cover. I just was more comfortable that way. But I know that the problems emerge more when somebody does not have a nursing cover on because they don't like it or their baby's too hot or whatever the reason. Um, and in those cases, you know, I hope that everybody can just be adult and not worry about the fact that a baby's eating without a cover on their head. <laughs> but if you are going to choose to nurse without a cover on an airplane, uh, you know, if you can choose the window seat, you've got a little bit more privacy in airports. I'm seeing more and more of those nursing pods, um, which mm -hmm. is awesome. Mm -hmm. So nursing really makes traveling so much easier because you don't have the bottles and the milk temperature and everything to worry about. It's mm. just, you know, food on the go for the baby. There you go. Um, but, you know, if you're going to choose to not use a cover, just that's when problems are more likely. But even then, it's still really rare. Uh, most of the time, everyone's really great about it. Other than giving you dirty looks when the baby's crying, how, how can other travelers, how can I – as an individual traveler, and I see that you're on the plane and you're maybe in a little bit of distress or something, how, how can I help you or at least not be counterproductive to what you're trying to get done? Yeah, the, my favorite story about this in recent history came out recently about this mom who was a pregnant mom flying with a toddler um, on the West Coast. And the toddler was just losing it at the airport gate. 
And the mom just eventually lost it, too. She was at her wit's end, and the toddler was throwing a fit and crying. The mom had started to silently start crying. And a group of strangers, all females, but they came up one by one, and they helped solve the problems without talking about it at all. They got an orange out for the kid who was hungry and upset, and they gave the mom a bottle of water, and one of them found a toy for the little boy, and they refilled his sippy cup. And one by one, without like a big production or without you know being judgmental, they just started solving for the problem. And I think that's my best advice if you can. I mean, you may not be in quite a dramatic of a situation as this actually was, but but if you see that a mom is having a specific problem you might be able to help with, whether it's trying to carry everything on the plane or manage doing 18 things at once if she has multiple kids, and you're able to just offer to hold something or hand her something, um, or him if it's the dad, if you just see a specific need that you can meet, then do it. Otherwise, you know, even things like just playing peekaboo, if the little kid's in front of you, help and make them smile for a minute. Um, you know, anything that is just a concrete thing that you can put a smile on the kid's face or the parent's face, it's it's worth a million bucks. Um, but if you can't do that, at least just not making it worse, like you said, really is also golden and not throwing the evil glance or the audible sigh or, you know, looking upset when they sit down next to you, just, you know, hope for things to go well. And if they don't and you see something you can help out with, then, you know, don't be shy to ask. Let me ask you, what tips do you have for moms who, you know, I I see a lot of, of, of moms with little ones out traveling and it's obvious that, you know, they haven't done this before. They may, they've traveled before, but they haven't traveled with this before. And sometimes they look a little overwhelmed. And I appreciate the, the comments that you've just given us, but for the mothers themselves, is, is there anything that you've found? Now you've got kind of an in-between, you know, you, you've you've been through this once mm-hmm. and you're kind of starting over. So you've got some experience. What would you say to moms out there who maybe are about to embark on one of their first trips with the kids? My first piece of advice is it may get overwhelming at times. No matter what you do, it really may feel overwhelming at times. And it may feel like this is not worth it. We should never leave the house again. This was the worst idea I've ever had. I mean, I've had those moments for sure, too. Um, but to push past that and realize that that moment's going to be over soon enough and you'll be where you're going to be and it will be worth it in the end, even if it's not worth it in the moment. So just acknowledging you're going to have those stressful moments and to try to keep them in perspective is my my biggest piece of advice. No flight lasts forever. No matter how bad it is, it will not last forever, and you will get where you need to be. Um, But on a more practical side, just plan for everything you might need on that flight plus some. Uh, You never know when there's going to be delays. You don't want to run out of diapers. You don't want to not have a clean shirt for you if there's an accident. You don't want to not have a clean outfit for the baby Um, anything like that that's just a practical thing you're going to need in the air, have all of it available in your carry-on, easy to grab, well-organized, and then add a little extra because you just never, never know. And as long as you have everything you need, then the rest of it is just managing the baby and knowing that flight is not going to last forever, um, and it's all going to work out in the end. We're talking with Summer Hall. Summer's uh, spot on the web is mommypoints.com. We'll put a link to it at travelguysradio.com in case you don't pick up on that. But you can uh, you can check with her if you travel with with kids. Then this is a great site for you. And even if you just are a regular traveler, um, I found a thing on your website about 
um, Las Vegas parking fees, and it kind of morphed into resort fees, and it actually was a guest post from um, your dad, who you referred to as Grandpa Points, who I thought that was really cute. Your thoughts, please, on this whole uh, – for folks who don't know, Las Vegas casinos have started charging parking fees. Of course, the days of the $1.99 breakfast and the comp everything is kind of sort of gone in Las Vegas. And you, your your dad had some related some of this uh, that I thought was, was kind of interesting. Share a little bit with us. Yeah, what happened to the 99-cent shrimp cocktail? <laughs> um, yeah, Las Vegas has been a destination that my family has been to for decades. Um, even when I was a kid, when my dad was in his 20s and 30s. So we have family history there for dating back probably close to, you know, 40 years at this point, including my wedding was in Vegas. And we were attracted there because you could go for a pretty inexpensive amount of money and do and see a whole bunch of great things. And slowly but surely, uh, the financial side of it has changed dramatically to the point now where your resort fees and your parking fees are very likely going to exceed your room rate, especially at some of the, you know, even moderate hotels. So he took a trip out there recently with my mom, as they do several times a year. And this was his first time hitting the parking fees uh, at, at every single resort they were going to on the Strip. And they like to drive around and explore. So they aren't the kind that's going to just hop in an Uber or a cab. And not only were they being hit with fees almost every time they entered and exited a parking garage, but it wasn't even working. <laughs> so the technology behind it was not um, very effective, I guess. And so they were being hit with fees, and they were so frustrated that they were, like, nervous every time they went in a parking garage. And it didn't ruin their trip, but it certainly put a cloud that's just totally unnecessary for a city that's supposed to be all about fun. Well, they've figured out new ways to, if you won't put your coins in the slot machine, uh, we'll get you to put your coins in the parking meter and uh, and fix it up yeah. for you. Tom, anything else you'd like to ask Summer here before we let her go? Well, Summer, yeah. uh, what's your next destination? With her, I with, am taking with... my oldest daughter uh, to ski in a couple in a couple days, actually. We're heading out to Colorado to go skiing, and then we have a family spring break trip to Grand Cayman just a few weeks after that. Um, both of those spots have some awesome hotels where you can use points and not pay the five or six hundred dollars a night rate. Um, and thankfully in Vegas too, there's actually some ways to avoid parking fees. I'm going to help them out next time by just signing up for some credit cards that have elite status. So, you know, those miles and points and travel tricks are still out there, but my gosh, you need them more than ever these days. Yeah, got it. Well, we'll have a link to Summer's website at TravelGuysRadio.com, and you can you can go there and, and become a smarter traveler thanks to our travel girl. We'll talk to you again soon. Safe travels. Thanks. The next time you see a baby on a plane, just shoot them a smile and see if they need a hand with their bags, and you'll be the hero of the day. <laughs> Great I suggestion. promise you, I will do that. Absolutely. Summer Hall, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Summer. Thanks, guys. Shoot the baby a smile? I think I think Summer meant shoot the mother a smile or the father a smile. Or I thought that was I thought that was kind of cool. I thought it was a good question to ask her what should we do? How can we help? Instead of just giving her dirty looks and stuff like that. So you said you used to travel with, with little ones when you were. Don't go too long. We just got a few seconds. No, but you we said didn't train, go very far. Train trips, you We said? did train trips or jeeping is what we did. Jeeping. Was that so you could just leave them out in the desert yeah, if you got tired of them? Yeah, in a tent or? and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Chief, remember Chief. <laughs> Gwen Duncan is with me here filling in for Tom Romano today. I am Mark Hoffman. You can follow along with everything on the program today by going to TravelGuysRadio.com. 
com links to everything that we talk about, plus some other interesting links to things we don't even talk about, can be found there. When we come back after the news, we're going to take you on the Coca-Cola Trail and tell you how you can get home cheap if you die on the road. We are the Travel Guys. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, the Travel Guys, with you here on the radio, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Again, follow along with uh, with us at TravelGuysRadio.com. Always have links to our guests' websites at that location. And it's time now to hit the Coca-Cola Trail, Mark. <laughs> uh, we have a gentleman on the phone with us here, Larry Jorgensen, who wrote a book called The Coca-Cola Trail. And, you know, I love old highways, Route 66, the Yellowstone Trail, the Lincoln Highway, the King's Road, you can you can pick out old roads around this country and spend the rest of your life finding off-the-beaten-track things. And Larry has done a little bit of that, finding some off-the-beaten-track things that have to do with the bottling of Coca-Cola. Larry, welcome to the Travel Guys. Thank you very much. It's uh, going to be fun to talk to you. Well, Larry, you have written this book here. I'm holding it in my hand. Um, the Coca-Cola Trail, People and Places in the History of Coca-Cola. What prompted you to write a book about this particular subject? Well, I'm a bit of a traveler myself, and I had gone to see a Coca-Cola museum in Vicksburg, Mississippi. And from there, I found there was another one relatively nearby, about 90 miles in Monroe, Louisiana. And as I explored those two locations, I realized there was much more of this around the United States, and I thought it was worth gathering up as much as I could and putting it into some sort of a printed form so that people could also enjoy it. So, Larry, the, the premise of the book really is that Coca-Cola was bottled originally in hundreds of small bottling plants in all kinds of places all over the country. Now, of course, that's not the case. It's bottled in some large plants in not nearly as many places. But what you've done with your book here is kind of intertwine the history of Coca-Cola with the history of these communities. And because I like this kind of read, I'm only about a third of the way through it, but um, I promise you the next airplane I get on, I'm going to get the, the rest of it. One of the communities that um, you picked out here to, to chronicle a little bit, was, was Placerville, California. Tell us a, a little bit about what you know about Coca-Cola and Placerville, and, and, and maybe get, what's your favorite Coca-Cola place around the country? Well, first of all, Placerville, I found, was interesting be, because of the, first of all, the structures that are there, uh, very unique architecture and, and just representing the area in the construction, and the story behind them. Uh, two different bottlers that uh, got involved, uh, like so many of them, that thought, ah, this is a, a tremendous opportunity. Let's bottle Coca-Cola. And then you, you tie that in with the, the gold rush days, and, and along comes John Studebaker, you know, who decides he's going to make wheelbarrows. And there's just so much fantastic history to see in, in, the, in the town, in the area, that I just I felt something needed to be in the book. Um, and as far as my favorite chapter, it would have to be Chattanooga, because so much of it actually got started for the independent bottlers out of Chattanooga. Uh, the the one I described earlier, the trip to Vicksburg and and Monroe, is another good one for people that are traveling because it's two two great museums that are very close and just 
filled with Coca-Cola history. Larry, let me ask you quickly, uh, when you visit these plants, are these active plants? And what's if they are, uh, what do you find to be the highlight when you visit? The few that I visited that are still active are ones where they have created their own in-house museum. Most of the ones I visited were plants that are now in another life, uh, serving another purpose. Whether uh, I think a, a great example is the one in Aliceville, Alabama. We visited that one, and that plant was given to the city to be their museum, a uh, beautiful museum. But one of the things when it was given to the city, the bottler said, you must keep some of the old modeling equipment on display here as well. So it's, to my knowledge, it is the only one in the country where is a museum located in a bottling plant and still has some of the old bottling equipment. That's Aliceville, Alabama. Wow. Larry, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Mark. I've enjoyed it, and uh, good luck on the trail. The Coca-Cola Trail. I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for just about anything, Gwen. By the way, um, I, I just got a text from a friend who said, you said Gwen Duncan is there and Tom Romano is gone, but I keep hearing Tom Romano's voice. That's because not everybody is willing to come on live with the Travel Guys on Sunday afternoon between 3 and 4 o'clock. Tends to be kind of an inconvenient time for people. So we tape some of our interviews during the week. And so that's why Tom's voice is heard, because we have this fancy equipment where I can do interviews sitting in my office and he's sitting in his and somebody else is sitting in theirs and we can make it all happen. So anyway, that's why you're hearing Tom, even though he's not here, but Gwen Duncan is here. Um, Gwen, you know, one of the guys, we, we mentioned at TravelGuysRadio.com, you can find links to all the things we talk about on the program. One of the things that we put a link to up there, and it's been there for a couple weeks, is called the Vessel Sanitation Program. And I asked you about this before we went on the air today, and you said, oh, yeah, you are very familiar with it. You've, you've seen this before. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And and they are constantly reporting into our uh, travel industry uh, uh, publications about what those rates are. About once a year, they tell us how they rate between the different And, of course, lines. the biggest challenge is that if you're looking for a cruise ship is most of the cruise lines are ships are flagged in uh, an area that is they're flagged in third world countries, basically. Bahamas yeah, exactly. Stuff. Nigeria or you name it. And so that allows them to avoid some of the regulatory things and some of the taxes and different things like that they would face if they were flagged in the United States. But it also means that I, as a consumer, how do I know that um, the CDC, the, the Center for Disease Control, which basically has this vessel sanitation program that you can see. If you go to TravelGuysRadio.com, there's a link there, and you can go on it, and it'll tell you about norovirus and cruise ships, uh, cruising tips, and uh, keeping your hands clean on a cruise. And by the way, they say the single most important thing, just like being on land, that you can do while you're on a cruise ship is wash your hands. Wash your hands before touching your hand to your mouth. Wash your hands after going to the bathroom, changing diapers, touching high-contact surfaces such as doorknobs, elevator buttons, and railings. So, in other words, wash your hands on a cruise ship pretty much every time you have a chance. And actually, all of them are having, as you enter into their food food establishments, whether it's a, a, a paid-for restaurant or whether it's their lobby. I mean, the uh, what do we call the... Uh, the buffet. The, yeah, the, the buffet. Public dining room. Yeah, yeah. They've got these machines, and you have to swipe your hands underneath it, and they do those 
those uh, gel wash uh-huh. things, they've got those all over. Now, um, the, most of the ships uh, are carrying U.S. passengers, you know, uh-huh. and so it behooves them to have, like the corporations do, their own sanitation experts that go through prior to the, just a regular... But how do I know that the cruise ship is really being inspected, and how do I know that that inspector from another third world com- country didn't take... A little graft on the side to make sure that the cruise ship gets a pat. You see what I mean? I mean, yeah, the U.S. the ones that that cater to the U.S. market, like the ones that are in Miami and like that, mm-hmm. they post things, and you can see it online. You can see it uh, on um, uh, some of the publications. So you, you could can... go here to the vessel sanitation program, and you could see information about. I mean, there really is a lot of information. They'll um, tell here. you which ships and how they rate and how they rate against each other. Even within a particular cruise There is company. a whole section here. It says cruise ship inspection scores and information. That's right. Oh, there's a whole, you can click on it, which I just did, and clicked on inspection scores. at the, This is, by the way, we're talking about the vessel sanitation program for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention here in the United States. And this link is at TravelGuysRadio.com. So here you can enter the ship. You can enter the cruise line. Um, the date of the, oh, well, this, so this is very good. That. So, yeah. <laughs> Score, ships that scored 100. Also, it has here, you can get all of them, or you can get the ones that... Here, let's just click on the ones that are 85 or lower, just for fun here. Oh, i got to go back to Oh, that. my goodness. There's a there's a pretty good... Oh, my goodness. There's a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, ships that... Inspections of, of short, scores of 85 or lower are not satisfied. Okay, well, this gave me all of them instead of just the ones that scored below 85. So there's not very many that You'd be scored. most interested in the scores of 100%. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're just kind of babbling here, but the point of all of this is that uh, is that there is a way for you to check the sanitation programs and the scores of a cruise ship that you are going to sail on. And if you go to TravelGuysRadio.com, you can find the link. A couple other things here before we go to our last break of the program. Um, airline passengers are finding that um, that putting a message on Facebook's Messenger is proving to be an, a quick way to get airlines to respond to you. I don't use Facebook Messenger a lot, but I, 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 after reading this Washington Post article, I believe I'm going to give it a shot. They say that um, several people have indicated one airline here says, let's see if I can find who it is, says that they have, oh, I'm sorry, one hotel chain, Four Seasons, says that they have somebody monitoring Messenger 24-7, 365. So that if a, if a customer posts something there, and what they're saying is that if they respond to something on Messenger, there's a better chance that it won't end up in a more public space. Yes. <laughs> so they, if it, by responding there, it gives them a chance to... It's proactive for them. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing. Well, that makes uh, good sense. Our friends, the folks who put the wreaths on all of the graves at the uh, military cemetery, the Sacramento Valley National Cemetery near Dixon, every December since the opening of the cemetery in 2006... Um, are starting their fundraising campaign. Isn't this amazing that last year they put a wreath on every single fallen soldier's grave? Those wreaths cost $10. There's uh, a whole lot. Last year they needed 20. This year they will need, they estimate, 23,000 wreaths. Um, So these folks, here it is February, and they're already starting to raise money Uh for December. Um, Melanie and Curtis uh, Stocking do this. 
And I, it is wonderful. It is an amazing thing. It's all a private thing. Remember, rememberavet.net is where you can find them. The Wreath Project, they have all kinds of things that they do, uh, dinners and golf tournaments and stuff like that. So if you are, if you or a member of your family has ever served in the military, that would include almost everybody listening to this program. Um, <laughs> that's something that you should uh, take, that you should support. All right. Um, we have something kind of interesting here coming up. Uh, when I first saw this, I thought, yeah, for a radio program, but you know what? Um, we all got to go somewhere in some time. And if you go in a foreign country, I mean, if you go kaput in a foreign country and cash in your chips, um, getting you home can be very expensive. Even if you go kaput in Pudunk or Paducah, getting you home can be kind of expensive. So we have a local company that has a program that for less than $500, if you die more than 75 miles away from home, they will bring you back home, and that could save the people who are concerned about your remains a whole lot of time and effort and a whole lot of money. Of course, you won't care at that point, but they might. We have that coming up on the Travel Guys, and Gwen Duncan is going to talk to us about, we're going to talk a little bit more about family travel before we cash it in for a Sunday in February. We are the Travel Guys. Welcome to the Travel Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. More information on our guests and other smart traveler tips, always at TravelGuysRadio.com. Mark, uh, who's uh, our special guest for this segment of the Travel Guys today? Well, Tom, this is uh, something a little bit different here than a lot of the things that we do on the Travel Guys. You know, when folks travel, particularly when they travel great distances, and as you get older and you have you know, more things going on with your bodies. Many folks take cancellation uh, insurance or protection when they travel mm-hmm. so that uh, travel costs a lot of money and sometimes a last minute cancellation could, you could incur a lot of charges. Joining us today on the Travel Guys is Lisa Proya. Lisa is from Mount Vernon Memorial here in town. And you would say, well, so what does Mount Vernon have to do with travel? Well, we buy cancellation protection to protect us when we're out uh, traveling, and sometimes that even includes some medical protection. If you get hurt, uh, something happens to you, you want to be able to get safely back home. And uh, so that's one aspect of things. But what if you were out traveling and, heaven forbid, something happened and you passed away? Now, how do you get your remains back home? And that can be a very expensive proposition and so lisa proya is joining the phone with us today hi lisa hi thanks for having me i really appreciate it oh you're you're welcome i was trying to give a little bit of an introduction here uh to what we're going to talk about it's not the most uplifting subject but nonetheless <laughs> it is it is something important and and mount vernon has a program that allows people to conquer this how do you get someone back home if heaven forbid if something happens to them and they pass away while they're traveling explain to us what your what the mount vernon program consists of absolutely thank you very much for that yes here at mount vernon memorial park we have a program called our transportation and relocation protection plan Um, it's a very straightforward program and what it is it's a one-time fee um, and once that fee is paid you are covered from that moment it's a lifelong um, plan for you where if you were to pass away and you are 75 miles away from home or further away, we would bring you home at no additional costs. So it can be a huge peace of mind and honestly eliminates huge expenses if this were to happen to you. Now, Lisa, it doesn't really matter whether it's international or uh, just within the United States. 
uh, you, that one-time fee will cover it all. And with that, with that being said, what would be without this kind of a protection plan? What do you estimate the normal cost of uh, returning a, a body back to your hometown would be? Well, for the um, United States, let's say that you were in Southern California or Florida, um, it can range up to $8,500, and that's not even the cost of the funeral. That would be just the transportation. If you were outside the country, it can be over, well over $10,000 to bring you home. Wow, that, that and, and that's some really serious dollars. Um, uh, does your company also, does Mount Vernon, Lisa, also help? I'm assuming that there must be a tremendous amount, must be some paperwork and stuff, especially if someone were to pass away in a foreign country. Absolutely. So what happens is we take over all of that. It would be a one phone call um, for the family member to make to us. And then we have all of the documentations. We know who to reach out to in other states and in other countries. There's no language barriers. We take care of all of it. So it really gives peace of mind to the family to know that with one phone call, we're going to make sure to bring your family member back. Lisa, we're going to put a link um, to your website that will show folks um, this information at TravelGuysRadio.com. Uh, so if you have an interest in looking into this, it seems like a very reasonable fee. I've seen these programs in other places. Generally, they cost more than this. And uh, so it might be something that you might want to look into if you are a traveler. Lisa Proya from Mount Vernon Memorial Park, thank you for joining us today on The Travel Guys. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And you can go to TravelGuysRadio.com, and there is a link to Lisa's email to get more information and also a link to Dignity Dignity Memorial. And as we were talking, Gwen, it can, that can be really expensive to get a body home. She was talking $8,500 domestically. It could easily be twice that. Oh, and, and from, it's, yes. From overseas. Let me ask you a couple of quick things here about family travel while we have a couple of minutes. What's the, the hottest form of family? What are people buying right now? What are they asking you about? Two things. Okay. One are cruises. I talked to you about that. But okay. the other one is gifts. Uh, people are because of the time of the year. People are graduating from high school, from college, and they're giving. They're selling. So what are they? What, what are they? What are they buying for their college or, well, or high school graduate? After college, what they're looking at is uh, a rail ticket, an air ticket, and, and any information that they can go, do a backpack trip for about a month out after graduation. So you can buy them an open-ended ticket or a rail pass. Oh, the rail pass. You can do, and there's so many different ways. We can do a whole segment on rail passes. But the air, we they, they designate their uh, when they want to leave, when they want to come back, and then they just pay a penalty if they want to come back later Are or Are more families traveling together than maybe, say, five or ten years ago, would you say? No. No? <laughs> no. But are, are they are, are what what types of of travel are are families you talk well, about? Well, it graduation, used to be but, my husband and I. We would do camping trips and we would take them on a rail. But are people taking their extended right families now, on things now? Now they are. They're multi generational. They're taking their grandparents and everything mm-hmm. for for. A, I understand you take them on a carnival cruise line. You can get into it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good lord. Could do that. Could do that. All right. Next week, um, Gwen. We we originally today one of the things we were going to talk about was uh, cruise. European river cruises, because you've been on some recently. So will you come back next week when Tom is here and uh, talk to us about European river cruises? Absolutely. I would very much appreciate that. Thank you all for joining us today. Tom Romano will be back with us next Sunday. 
and we will be here. We'll talk about European river cruises, and I swear I'm going to have a segment where I'm going to ask people about whether or not they tip their rideshare driver, maybe give away a few prizes. You have a good week. Take care of yourself, if you're, especially if you're traveling. Dance like nobody's watching. We'll see you next week on The Travel Guys.